Big win for the Birds against the Saints. That's three out of their last four. They win their first game at home for the season, and the playoffs are a real possibility. Roll the intro. This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarulo. All right, guys, Bill Calarulo back with another Legal Hands to the Face podcast, an absolutely dominating performance by the Philadelphia Eagles against the New Orleans Saints, who had one of the best-ranked defenses in the league. The Eagles win 40-29, to raising their record to 5-6, and and it is not an exaggeration to say this team has a real shot at making the playoffs. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about the game yesterday. But let's first look at how dominating of a performance this was. Now, I know the New Orleans Saints made it look a little bit closer than it was at the end. Final score, 40-29. to But at one point in this game, the Eagles were up 33-7. to And really, all you have to look at to see how dominating of a performance this was is the stats after that first half. The first half ends, Eagles up 27-7. to And what have we talked about every single week about how you win in the NFL, especially with this team, is you win the time of possession battle. At the end of the first half, the Eagles' time of possession was 19 and a half minutes versus the Saints, who only had 10 and a half minutes. That's almost double the amount of time that the Saints had the ball that our offense had the ball. That's good stuff. And then you look at another stat I like to talk about every week, third down efficiency. In that first half, the Philadelphia Eagles converted on third down eight out of 12 times. That is phenomenal, especially against a defense like the Saints that was ranked as one of the top defenses in the NFL. This is a very good defense the Eagles played yesterday. Eight out of 12 on third down in the first half. And looking at the flip side, the Saints were only two out of seven in the first half. So the Eagles were converting first downs. The Saints weren't. But then the biggest stat of the day, the rushing yards. Coming into this game, the New Orleans Saints defense was giving up an average of 65 yards a game. They were the best rushing defense in the league. In the first half yesterday, that Eagles offense put up 152 yards on the ground in the first half alone. Go on to finish the game with 249 yards rushing. Phenomenal job by that offensive line, which we'll talk about in a second. The running backs, the play calling, we're going to talk about all that. But just an amazing job. We knew coming into this game, our strength has been the running game. Saints defensive strength has been stopping the run. What was going to give? Well, the Eagles offense had no problem dominating the line of scrimmage and causing that rushing yards to just be through the roof. So finishing up the game, they had 242 yards on the ground. The time of possession, 37 minutes versus 23 minutes. Winning the time of possession battle by a landslide. That's how you win games. That's how you win games in the NFL, especially with what our defense is, although they look great yesterday, which we'll talk about. But let's talk about that offensive line. Every single member of that offensive line is very good at run blocking. I mean, if you go back and you watch some of these holes that were opened up yesterday against the Saints, it was amazing. You know, and Mark Sheriff who was the uh, color analyst yesterday, he talked about it. When you're able to run the ball as effectively as the Eagles were, 
and you're able to pound that defensive line and those linebackers over and over and over again, it just has a ripple effect throughout your entire offense. They're not going to be able to pressure your quarterback as much. They're not going to be as quick off the ball. They're not going to be tackling as strong because they're getting beaten down. And you look at the offensive line. Let's start with our left tackle, Jordan Maialata. I said it in the preseason, and he is living up to it. This guy is an absolute stud. What he's been able to do over the last few years for picking up football for the first time, the ceiling on him is through the roof. I mean, this guy is going to probably be an all-pro left tackle in the years to come, and he's already probably a pro bowler left tackle. But you watch some of the plays he did yesterday. There was one time where he was on a pass block. He moves to the right to block the guy coming through on the right side and then immediately steps out to the left and with one hand, his left hand, he pushes a defensive end, not a cornerback, a defensive end who's probably 280 pounds and with one hand throws him like a child. Jordan Maialata is a beast. And then right next to him, you have the rookie out of Alabama, Landon Dickerson, who eventually will probably replace Kelsey at center but's playing guard right now. He looks really good. He is mauling guys in the running game as a rookie. And then you have Jason Kelsey at center. This guy, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Maybe the best center the Eagles have ever had. Probably one of the best centers the NFL has ever had. He was just all over the place yesterday. And Not only is he calling the plays at the offensive line, calling the the different uh, protections, In the running game, he is abusing guys. There was a play where he absolutely destroyed the New Orleans Saints linebacker. It was a pancake block. I mean, that type of stuff is demoralizing for a defense. And then you go to the right side. You got Driscoll at right guard, who's been replacing Brandon Brooks. He looks pretty good. You know, he's playing well. He's doing a good job in the running game. And then, of course, at right tackle, we have our all-pro Lane Johnson. So this offensive line, although they've had their injuries, are starting to settle in. These five guys have played together now for a while, and you're seeing how dominant they can be in the running game. And because of that offensive line, you look at our running backs. You know, Miles Sanders comes back yesterday, has a great game. Yeah, he had that fumble. We don't want to see that, especially in your own zone. He fumbles the ball at our own five-yard line. But outside of that, he has 16 carries for 94 yards for an average of 5.9 yards a carry. Jordan Howard, unfortunately, he gets hurt in the game. We'll talk a little bit about that. But before he goes out, 10 carries for 63 yards, a 6.3-yard average. And then Jalen Hurts, before the two kneel downs at the end of the game, 16 carries for 71 yards for an average of 4.4 yards a carry. Those averages, 5.9, 6.3, 4.4, those are outrageous averages, especially when you're supposed to have been playing the number one rushing defense in the league. And that's a true testament to the offensive line dominating the line of scrimmage and these running backs seeing the holes, hitting the holes, and just making quick decisions. Just an overall great job. And I mentioned Jalen Hurts. Let's look at what he was able to do yesterday. Only throws the ball for 147 yards, but that's all he needed. I mean, when you looked at what he did on the ground, three rushing touchdowns, three. One of them was a quarterback sneak, but two of them were just beautiful runs, especially the one at the end of the game where he may have broken the ankle, 
maybe both ankles of the New Orleans Saints defender. It looked like I was watching someone playing Madden when you hit the L1 juke button and the guy goes to the left. It was unbelievable. And then he outruns cornerbacks to the end zone, scores the game-winning touchdown to seal the game. I mean, it was just this guy has those intangibles. But what's even more important is one of the things that has frustrated us about other quarterbacks in the past is not protecting the football. Now, Jalen Hurts still has not played a full season as a starting quarterback. He is protecting the ball. Yesterday, between his rushes and his passing attempts, he had the ball 40 times. And the biggest stat of the day, zero turnovers. Jalen Hurts protects the football. And that is how you're going to win games in the NFL. You win the turnover battle. You win the time of possession battle. You're going to win a lot of games. Jalen Hurts is doing that. And we got to give credit to our head coach, Nick Sirianni. Now, in the preseason, I was a big fan of his. I liked the message he was bringing to this team. But I've been getting frustrated over the last few weeks before they went on this you know, nice little three out of four with his play calling, you know, with his decision making. But it seems like he's starting to figure it out. We knew there was going to be these bumps in the road. He's a first-year head coach. But he's figured out an offensive identity, and you have to give the guy credit. This team never stopped playing for him. That could have happened. You know, before they went on this nice little stretch of three out of four, they were struggling. They were being dominated by teams. Was his message still getting through? Well, clearly it was. This team likes to play for Nick Sirianni. He's finally starting to figure out a formula that works. So you got to give Nick Sirianni credit where credit's due. I mean, what did you guys think? If you're following along on YouTube or Facebook, I mean, what did you think about that offensive performance? What did you think about Jalen Hurts? I mean, can we finally put that question to bed if he can be the franchise quarterback? I think we can. He's got all the intangibles. What do you think? And then how about Nick Sirianni? You know, it seems like he's figuring out. Do you agree? You know, do you think Nick Sirianni can be the head coach of the future? Because right now, you got to feel good about it. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts. And then let's go over to the other side of the football. Let's talk about our defense. You know, one of the issues I've had with Jonathan Gannon in this defense is they play too far off the line of scrimmage. They don't put enough pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They don't blitz enough. The corners are too far off the line of scrimmage. But yesterday, we saw the complete opposite. Jonathan Gannon really dialed up some blitzes at the appropriate times. You saw Avante Maddox from the slot corner position blitz a couple times. You saw Alex Singleton from the linebacker position blitz a couple times. And they blitzed very effectively. They didn't have any sacks yesterday, but you could see the quarterback for the Saints never feeling comfortable. You're constantly on the move, constantly under pressure. And because of it, they caused three turnovers yesterday. We have two interceptions and a fumble. And let's talk about our man, Big Play Slay. You have a nickname like that, you better live up to it. And man, has he lived up to it. That's his third touchdown of the season. He's got more touchdowns than George Kittle, than Darren Waller in, on the Raiders. I mean, you look at this. This is outrageous what he's been doing. Three TDs in the last four games, I believe. And he picks him off at the end of the half. We've talked about this. Good teams put up points at the end of the half. That was a game sealer. They go up 27-7 to with his pick six right before the half. But before that, you know, you saw T.J. Edwards with a beautiful interception. 
TJ Edwards, since he's entered the starting lineup as linebacker, has really helped improve this defense. He had another really strong game yesterday. Had a couple of pass breakups, one of them on the two-point conversion attempt. Seemed to be all over the field, and then that was a great interception by TJ Edwards. And again, Jonathan Gannon dialing up the pressure. That TJ Edwards interception was mainly because they had brought the blitz a few times before, and then on that play, TJ Edwards made it look like he was blitzing, then drops back in coverage. Saints quarterback never sees him. Beautiful interception by Edwards. Great play call by Jonathan Gannon. And then our man Fletcher Cox, who, you know, he's starting to get into the twilight of his career, but he's still an excellent defensive tackle, has a great forced fumble, and I believe TJ Edwards was the guy who recovers it. So TJ Edwards all over the field, Fletcher Cox doing what he needs to do. But this defense, I've said it in weeks past, against these average to below average quarterbacks, they're doing really, really well. If you go back and you look at the season so far, even though they're only five and six, the defense does its job when they're not playing Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or some of these better above average QBs. And that's important because we know the next few weeks of the season, they're not playing top quarterbacks. So this defense can really probably do enough to put this team into playoff position. You know, what do you guys think if you're watching along on YouTube and Facebook again? Are you happy with where this defense is? You know, do you think that they have enough to make a playoff push with the formula we've been seeing with the offense running the ball, winning the time of possession battle, and then the defense causing turnovers and making big plays? So curious to hear what you think. And then we talked about the offense, we talked about the defense, but you've probably heard this if you watch football. There's three aspects to every game. It's not only offense and defense, it's also special teams. And the special teams yesterday was incredible, mainly because of Jake Elliott. You know, I don't know if people are realizing the type of season that this Jake Elliott is having this year, but he's having an unbelievable year. Yesterday, he goes four out of four on field goals, and he hits that 50-yarder. That 50-yarder was a big kick. At that point in the game, the score was only 14-7. to seven. If, J- if Jake Elliott misses that 50-yard field goal, you're giving the Saints excellent field position, only down one score. He nails it from 50 yards, and that's not an easy stadium. The link is not an easy stadium to kick field goals. You know, the way the wind comes in, but Jake Elliott, four for four yesterday, big 50-yard field goal, and you look at him on the season. He's 18 out of 20, and even more importantly, he's three for three on field goals 50 yards or greater. That's phenomenal. So you got to give Jake Elliott credit there. Our punter, Spiros, we were a little worried about him. Sipos, excuse me. You're a little worried about him. This is his first real season as a punter in the NFL. He's been doing a great job, pinning teams deep, getting the big punts when we need them. So just a great overall job by our special teams. But it wasn't all great yesterday. You know, as much as we want to be positive, big win, there were some issues yesterday that I want to talk about. And, and mainly, it's on the offense. You know, you saw Dallas Goddard in his first game since getting the big contract extension. You could see why they gave him that money. He's going to be a, a playmaker for years to come in this league. Devontae Smith, he looked good again yesterday. Both of those guys really did a nice job in the passing game. But outside of them, there are, is a serious lack of weapons who are contributing in the passing game. Quez Watkins, zero catches yesterday. Only has one target, zero catches. But more disturbing is Jalen Rager. You know, he's the first-round pick last year. 
Everybody's heard he was picked over Justin Jefferson. You see what Jefferson is doing in Minnesota. And you were really hoping to see Jalen Rager take a big leap forward this year in his second season. It just hasn't happened. And he does not look comfortable out there. He only has one catch for negative one yards yesterday on three targets. He just looks lost. You you hope that maybe, maybe this guy's going to be a late bloomer. But um, it's not promising if you look at what you've seen over the last few weeks with, with Jalen Rager. Other issue on the team yesterday was they were only 50% in the red zone. Now, they did put up a lot of points. You know, they put up 40 points yesterday. But if the, the offense for the Saints was scoring touchdowns, that could have been an issue. You know, you got to be able to finish in the red zone. They only go two out of four for 50%. So you'd like to see them clean that up. And too many penalties yesterday. You know, they had another six penalties. That's something that we had an issue with in the beginning of the season that I thought they cleaned up. But too many penalties yesterday. And you saw again another offensive pass interference call against the Eagles on a pick play. Now, pick plays are not supposed to be allowed in the NFL. But if you make it look good, you get away with it. Every team does it. But the wide receiver, when they're running a pick play, cannot engage with the cornerback. You just get in his way. You go to your spot. You stop. And you make that corner have to go around you. That's all you need for that play to work. I don't know if the coaching staff isn't coaching it right because we're seeing this happen far too often with the Eagles wide receivers. You know, this one happened to Devontae Smith on a play. Actually, it was a touchdown play on Dallas Goddard's touchdown. So, you know, you got to clean that up. And then the other issue was, you know, closing out the game, right? They're up 33 to 7. The Saints made it way too close. But Nick Sirianni, he admitted it after the game yesterday. He probably got too conservative too quickly. But I'm going to give him a break there. I mean, you don't expect to come out, go up that big against the Saints. And then now, you know, what do you do? They had the foot on the gas. They're constantly pressuring. They're moving the ball quickly. You want to start to try to get into what they call that four-minute offense. They got into that four-minute offense in the third quarter. It just makes it hard for a team. So they'll learn. You know, they'll learn that when you're dominating teams, you know, how to close out games. And then finally, as much as I love Jalen Hurts, I love Jalen Hurts, I do think 16 carries is probably too much for your quarterback. You know, too, you're putting too much on Jalen Hurts. You know, 16 carries, 24 pass attempts, that's 40 times with the ball in his hands. You know, maybe a little bit much, but we'll see. I think they'll start to figure that out. But just an overall great performance. But those are some things you'd like to see them work on if uh, we're playing Monday morning quarterback here. And then again, Injuries, you know, injuries. Let's hope these injuries don't turn out to be serious. But Jordan Howard, who's really come on strong, who's really changed the whole identity of this offense, he goes out with a knee injury. At the time I'm I'm recording this, I don't know the full extent of it. Same thing with Davion Taylor, a nice young linebacker who's been really helping out the Eagles. He goes out with a knee injury. And then Darius Slay, he goes out with a head injury. So let's hope those three injuries are minor and they can come back because the playoffs are a real possibility. The Eagles are 5-6 and six right now. And remember, this year, there are seven playoff teams, which means there's three wildcard teams. In years past, there's only been two. If the season was to end today, that Saints team that the Eagles just dominated, they would be the seventh wildcard because they're 5-5. Five and five. So the Eagles have a real shot at that seventh wildcard seed because if you look in the weeks to come, They got a really, really favorable schedule. 
They got the Giants coming up this week. Then they have the Jets, Washington, the Giants again, Washington again, and then the Cowboys. And like I said earlier and I said last week, this team is very good against the average to below average quarterbacks. The Giants, the Jets, and the Washington football team all have below average quarterbacks. They should win every one of those games. Now, whether they will or not, you know, anything can happen in the NFL, but the Eagles should win every single one of those games. It is a very real possibility that they're going to the playoffs. But let's look at the preview for this week against the Giants. This is where it's going to be favorable. The Giants' offense is one of the worst in the league. Okay? They have the second least amount of touchdowns scored from that offense. That's going to be favorable for our defense, obviously. And then you look at the Giants' defense. They're giving up over four and a half yards a carry on the ground. The Eagles' strength of running the football should continue this week. I think you're going to see another huge game from our running backs and Jalen Hurts, another huge game from that offensive line. And I think the defense is going to be all over Daniel Jones, causing turnovers in his face. I think we'll have a bunch of sacks this week. I think the Eagles will blow out the New York football Giants. We will see. They're playing Monday night, the Giants, against Tampa Bay. So they're on a short week. I think you'll see the Eagles dominate that game. And then let's turn to our Wentz watch and our Dolphins watch. You know, at the beginning of this season, that was really the focus was, hey, what's our draft going to look like next year? But this team is coming into its own. So they got a shot at making the playoffs, but we're still going to look at that Wentz watch and Dolphins watch. Good news, Wentz plays 100% of the snaps yesterday, so that first-round pick is looking like a real possibility. Bad news, Colts win again. They beat the Buffalo Bills, raising their record to 6-5. and five. Right now, that would be the 19th overall draft pick. And then on the other, on the other team, the Dolphins, the other team we have first-round draft pork pick for, they win again, raising their record to 4-7. and seven. So now that would be a number eight pick right now. So it's good. The Eagles are going to have a lot of draft picks this year, but all three of their first-round draft picks are sliding down. You know, we'd like to see the Eagles pick sliding down because that means they're winning games. But you'd like to see the Dolphins and the Colts losing, which isn't happening. But while we're talking about Wentz and the Colts, you know, I think a lot of people in this city have a hard time giving Jalen Hurts credit because they were Wentz fans. And they always want to compare Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, which I think is a mistake. I think you just enjoy what Jalen Hurts is doing and not worry about what Carson Wentz is doing. But since some of you do, I want you to look at what happened yesterday in the Colts win. Colts win big, but not because of Carson. Carson only goes 11 out of 20 for 106 yards passing. You know, Jalen Hurts, when he has his statistics where he has a big rushing week but doesn't have big passing weeks, you know, all the Wentz fans and the Hurts haters want to make it out like it's a big deal. Well, look what Carson Wentz did yesterday. 11 out of 20 for 106 yards, and they dominate the game. You don't always have to win by throwing 300 or 400 yards. Wentz and Hurts both showed that yesterday. So I'm going to end this podcast where we got to feel good, guys. I mean, as Eagles fans, a lot of times we always want to harp on the negative. We always want to worry about what's next. But you got to feel good. This is a team that went 4-11-1 last year. 4-11-1 with Carson Wentz, with Super Bowl head coach Doug Peterson. 4-11-1. They make a lot of changes in the offseason to the coaching staff, obviously. They get rid of Carson Wentz. You have Jalen Hurts starting at quarterback. There's been a lot of moving parts. New defensive coordinator. It could have been very easy for this team to even be worse this year than they were last year. They've already exceeded their win total from last year. 
They got a real shot at the playoffs. So let's be positive this week. Let's have a good week. It's a great time. It's Thanksgiving week. I am going to be thankful for the Philadelphia Eagles, for Nick Sirianni, for Jalen Hurts, for Jonathan Gannon. I'm thankful for all of them because I'm feeling good this week. And let's be even more thankful that Cowboys lose again. Let's watch them on Thanksgiving Day and hope that they lose another one. We'll see what happens. But if you guys aren't following along yet, what are you waiting for? The Legal Hands to the Face podcast. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. So give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a share. You know, if you're on the podcast platform, give us a review. Love to hear your feedback. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you enjoy it with you and your family. We'll talk soon. Go Birds.